We'll be in 2 Corinthians this morning. Particularly 2 Corinthians 11. I've enjoyed our time in 2 Corinthians together. Hope you have as well. Uh, if you're new with us today, just to kind of get you up to speed, we're jumping in the middle of 2 Corinthians because we've actually been going through the whole letter together. And uh, last week, we talked a little bit about <clears throat> some of the problems that the Corinthian church uh, was actually going through and what Paul and the other writers of 2 Corinthians were addressing. There were several things going on, but in particular, and we're going to see this even more today, in particular, there were many false teachers uh, that were going uh, and plaguing the church, that were teaching false things, leading people astray from following Paul and the other apostles. And uh, this morning, as we look at 2 Corinthians 11, we're actually going to see even more how Paul addressed them. Now, I want to remind you, last week, he got pretty stern about these false teachers. You know, he was kind of saying, you know, I'm tired of messing around with them. I want to just get straight to the punch here, and I want to tell you clearly that if I don't get through to you in my letter, that I'm going to show up and I'm going to get through because you cannot be following these false teachers. And so we talked about that a little bit in chapter 10, but now he's going to continue in chapter 11. I want to read the first 15 verses here of this chapter with you. And then we're going to go back and dissect it because there are so many important principles for us to consider because false teaching, as I said last week, false teaching is just riddled in our society, just so covered so much in our society and in our culture, so we have to be aware of these things. So look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. He writes, I wish you would put up with a little foolishness from me. Yes, do put up with me, for I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy, because I promised you in marriage to one husband, to present a pure virgin to Christ. But I fear that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your minds may be seduced from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if a person comes and preaches another Jesus, whom we did not preach, or you receive a different spirit, which you had not received, or a different gospel, which you had not accepted, you put up with it splendidly. Now, I consider myself in no way inferior to those super apostles, even if I am untrained in public speaking. I am certainly not untrained in knowledge. Indeed, we have in every way made that clear to you in everything. Or did I commit a sin by humbling myself? so that you might be exalted, because I preached the gospel of God to you free of charge. I robbed other churches by taking pay from them to minister to you. When I was present with you and in need, I didn't burden you, or I didn't burden anyone, excuse me, since the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied my needs. I've kept myself and will keep myself from burdening you in any way. As the truth of Christ is in me, this boasting of mine will not be stopped in the regions of Achaia. Why? Because I don't love you? God knows I do. But I will continue to do what I am doing in order to deny any opportunity to those who want to be regarded as our equals in what they boast about. For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder... For Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. 
So it's no great surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will be according to their works. Let's pray together. Father, as we look to your word today, we know that your word is is powerful. We know that your word is, is good for us in correcting and reproof and training and righteousness and all of those things. And so, Lord, as we look to your word today, we pray that each one of us would see the importance of making sure who we are listening to and who we are following are godly influences. Lord, we pray that today that you would show us the tactics of these false teachers so that way we can identify them in our lives and avoid being led astray. Lord, again, be with our time in your word. Use your spirit to convict us and mold us more into the image of Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Well, obviously in this passage, Paul is addressing these false teachers, super apostles as they've called themselves, and in a lot of ways, part of their tactics was showing that they were superior to Paul and the other apostles in their teaching and education and all of these different things, and in their speaking. You know, when you think about what false teachers are doing, false teachers appear to offer something good to people when, in fact, they are just complete frauds. Now, as I say that term, false teachers, if you're not familiar with that, I want to be very clear this morning. They're not called false teachers because they're not teaching. In fact, all false teachers are actually teaching. They're called false teachers because what they are teaching is not the truth. Now, when you think about the, tr- the truth, a lot of times, and this is, we're going to talk about this more in just a minute, false teachers seem to be teaching the truth, but the problem is they twist the truth. And when you begin twisting something, it's not exactly as it should be or not like the original. Many of you may remember years ago when Pepsi came out with a drink called Pepsi Twist. Does any of you, do any of you remember that? Pepsi Twist was Pepsi with lemon in it. Now, you can probably imagine how that would taste, and there's a reason they discontinued that. Uh, But it was called Pepsi Twist, and when you tasted it, it had hints of the original. It tasted like Pepsi, but it was different. It wasn't the original because it had a twist, and that's exactly what false teachers do. They twist the truth, and when you twist the truth, it no longer is still the truth. It's different. It's false. It's fraudulent. And so when we think about this, false teachers may have traces of the truth. I want to be clear this morning. They may have the same vocabulary. They may have the same lingo. They may even use the same scriptures. But when they twist it, it's no longer the truth. And so this morning, as we look to the Corinthian church, I want us all to consider how do false teachers slip in unnoticed? How do they go by undetected in a lot of cultures, and also in a lot of churches. I want to show you some tactics that Satan uses to try to get us to pay attention and listen to false teachings, and I also want to show you what happens if we buy in and follow false teachers, because we need to be sure that we're aware of these things and asking the right questions of anyone who teaches us. And so we're going to look at some of these things that Paul pinpoints that these false teachers in the Corinthian church uh, were doing. Now, I want to be clear, they twist the truth, but they don't twist the truth for no reason. There is a purpose behind them. Now, this morning, I've entitled the message, 
profile of a false teacher. Profile of a false teacher. And I want to be very clear as we start out this morning in the first aspect of this, the first part of the profile that Paul gives us here, is that false teachers lead with a purpose. False teachers lead with a purpose. There is a purpose to what they're doing. Look at verse 3. Paul says clearly what their purpose for the Corinthian church was. He says, but I fear that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, look at what he says, your minds may be seduced from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. In other words, their goal for you is to pull you away, as he puts it, from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Another way to say that is their goal for you is to get you off the path that God has for you and to put you on a completely different path. And we're going to talk more about that path in just a second. But what is their plan to do that? Their purpose is to get you off the path and to get you to stray away from Christ. But what is their plan? Now, as we look at this this morning, I think it's important to remember what we talked about last week from chapter 10. Remember, it's not an us versus them battle. It's not really about humans going against humans or different types of logic going against each other. This is a spiritual battle, spiritual warfare. And so because of that, the techniques that are being used are actually techniques that Satan has used from the very beginning. And Paul brings that up here in this verse 3. Look at what he says. But I fear that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your minds may be seduced from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. You may remember that story of Eve and the serpent in the garden. Genesis 3 tells us about that story where uh, Eve is there in the garden with Adam and God has given them the whole garden. They had a very close relationship with God. Uh, They communed with God and everything was picture perfect as it should be. God said everything was good and he made this garden for them to reside in and he said that you can eat, they could eat from any tree in the garden that they wanted except for one tree the tree in the center, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and God was very clear that the day that they ate from that tree, they would die. Well, you may remember the serpent who we find out later in Scripture was Satan comes up to Eve, and he begins doing just what false teachers do, twisting the truth, twisting God's words. And he said, did, did God really say that you would die? You won't die. God just knows if you eat from this tree, you will be like him. You'll know right from wrong. That's all it is. And with cunning and deception, she bought in to that lie. And she ate the fruit. Then she gave it to Adam. He also bought into it. And then immediately, what God said would happen did happen. Sin entered into the world. And as a result, the curse was brought on humanity. And we know that not only physically, but spiritually they died. God's word was true, even in the midst of this cunning and deception. And so as I was thinking about this, we know that false teachers all throughout time, because it is a spiritual battle, they're, they're following the same tactics of Satan has, that he always has. But you know, as I was reading this, I thought, man, wouldn't it be nice if you could go to the Bible and see specifically like what methods Satan is going to use uh, 
to try to lure you astray. Like, man, wouldn't it be nice to just open the Bible and see, oh, you know, in 2023, these are the methods that Satan is going to use. Well, it doesn't say that, and I think one of the reasons and one of the things that we have to consider is that Satan is so cunning and so crafty, I believe that he changes his methods depending on the culture. And I'll go even farther. I think he changes his methods depending on the person. Because all of us can be led astray and be enamored by certain things that would cause us to be seduced, to follow a false teaching. And we're all seduced in different ways. Maybe for you it might be someone who is smooth talking. And man, they just seem, you can hang on every word they say and listen to them talk for hours. When in fact, they may be telling you things that could be leading you astray. It may be things that seem very logical. And you think, man, you've got a logical brain and, and this thing leads to the next thing, which leads to the next thing, which eventually gets you to the point that you are walking away from the Bible. There are many people in culture today that are deconstructing, as they're calling it, and they're following false teaching because maybe it seems logical or, or seems like something that uh, is well-educated when, in fact, it is full of falsehoods. could be promises of blessing that lures you astray. And somebody says, if you do this, God will do this in return for you, and his word actually doesn't say that. Or maybe they are exaggerating and, and they say, well, if you send money or if you do these things, God is just going to pour out blessings in your life. And you think, man, I would love that. And so I'm going to listen to what they say. Maybe for you, it could be their charisma. You know, as you think about all of these things, as people, I think oftentimes we get enamored by outward appearances. We get enamored by outward things. But if it isn't true, it leads someone astray. And that is the purpose of a false teacher, to lead us astray, to lead us away from Christ. Just like the serpent deceived Eve, false teachers deceive their followers. Now, when I think about the word deception, many of you know that my dad was a magician. Growing up, uh, my dad did magic shows, um, and he was a full-time gospel illusionist before he passed away, and he would do magic shows in churches and use that to illustrate the gospel. And when I think about the word deception, that's one of the things that just comes to my mind because of my background and my family are magic shows. But the thing with magic shows are, if you've ever attended one, you know you're being deceived. You know the person in front of you is not really doing what they claim to be doing, you just don't know how they're doing it. You know it's a deception, but you don't know how. You see, it's different with false teachers. Because so oftentimes we don't know that it's a deception. We don't know we're being fooled. We don't know it's a fraud unless we're just on guard about it. And this brings me to another part of their profile as you think about a false teacher. False teachers lead with a disguise. False teachers lead with a disguise. Now many of you, when you think about disguises, something may pop into your head like a spy or a secret agent. One of the things that popped into my head this week about a disguise, if you've ever uh, seen the military or maybe a SWAT team, they have these special suits called ghillie suits. And ghillie suits, if I think of a disguise, there is perhaps no better disguise. Here's a picture. And there are, you might not even be able to see it from the back of the room. There are multiple men in this picture 
being hidden by suits that blend into the grass so well. And I've seen some of these pictures where you know there are men out there and women out there who are hiding in the field, but you still can't even see them even when you know. I think that's what the intent of a good disguise is, to go undetected, to go unnoticed. Well, now when you think of false teachers leading with the disguise, they are all the time disguised. And they are disguised because it's a spiritual battle and Satan always disguises his tactics. Look at verse 13. Paul says, For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers. Look at what he says here. Disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. You know, so oftentimes we think of Satan as uh, this red guy with horns and a pitchfork and all this, and we think, well, if we ever encountered Satan, we would know it. No, him and his evil forces, they disguise themselves as angels of light, as good things. And you look at the beginning of verse 15, it says, so it's no great surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. In other words, false teachers aren't going to look like false teachers. False teachers are going to look like good teachers. They're going to look like people worth following, and that's why it's so deceptive. That's why it's such a disguise. False teachers may be able to speak eloquently. False teachers may have a lot of knowledge or degrees. False teachers may even do miracles, but it not be of God, like we've seen uh, in the Old Testament especially, as people were doing miracles based on evil powers and evil spirits. And so just because someone seems like they might be from God doesn't mean that they automatically are. And so as you think about this disguise, verse 13 as I read it, words it in a way, look at what it says, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. In other words, it it reads in a way that makes this disguise seem intentional. That false teachers know what they're teaching is false, but they're intentionally disguising it. Now, I want to be clear this morning. I think there are some instances where false teachers know what they're doing is wrong, know that they're leading people astray, and they just keep on doing it. They know maybe they're taking advantage of people, and they just just keep on doing it, disguising themselves. But I also think that Scripture makes it clear in other places, I'm going to show you a couple of places this morning, that there are times that false teachers can actually be leading and teaching people and leading them astray unintentionally. In other words, the teacher doesn't know that what they're teaching is false. And I want to show you that in a couple of places. Look at 2 Peter just for a moment. 2 Peter, and keep your finger in 2 Corinthians, we'll be going back there. But 2 Peter chapter 3, so turn toward the back of your Bible, just a few books. And this is how, again, remember, this is a spiritual battle. So this is how crafty Satan is, how good Satan is, that he can even mislead the false teachers. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 We'll look at verse 15 and 16. Still here, pages turning. I enjoy hearing those pages. 
2 Peter 3, 15. Look at what he writes here. Also regard the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our dear brother Paul has written to you according to the wisdom given to him. So in other words, he's commending some of the writings of Paul. But look at verse 16. He speaks about these matters in all his letters. There are some matters that are hard to understand. Now, I want to stop there for a second. Would you all agree there are some things in the Bible that are hard to understand? There are. I think we'd all say that. But look at what he says here. The untaught and unstable will twist them to their own destruction as they also do with the rest of Scripture. What does that mean? That if somebody just doesn't know what they don't know and they're not stable or mature spiritually, they could be twisting all of Scripture without even knowing it. And if we follow them and buy into them, we could be being misled when they, in fact, have no idea that they're misleading people. That's how cunning and deceptive and what a disguise that Satan uses. Now, there's another place I want you to look at in 1 Timothy chapter 4. First Timothy chapter four. And I want you to see in verse one and verse two what it says. First Timothy four, one and two. Now the Spirit explicitly says, that's talking about the Holy Spirit, explicitly says that in later times some will depart from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the hypocrisies of liars whose consciences are seared. In other words, a false teacher could be teaching false teaching unintentionally, as we've seen, one, because they don't know, but two, because they bought into the lies themselves. And now their consciences are seared and they think it's the truth. And so this is all part of Satan's disguise to get us to follow the wrong path. And so it could be intentional or it could be unintentional, but I want you to hear me clearly. Since false teaching is a spiritual battle, even though the person leading you might be leading you in that direction intentionally or unintentionally on their part, it is always intentional and always disguised on the part of Satan and his forces. It is no accident that it is disguised. It is no accident that it is deceptive. Why? Because that's always been Satan's tactic. And we're looking at a spiritual battle here. We're not just looking at somebody outsmarting other people. And that's why we have to be very careful. False teachers lead with a purpose and a disguise but as we think about the word leadership, what does that imply? Think about it in your head. What does that imply? Leadership. That there is a direction that person is taking you, right? I mean, many of you have followed a leader at some point in your life, maybe um, literally even. Like you think about tour guides at Mammoth Cave. If you've ever been on that tour, if you try to do that yourself, you couldn't make it through the cave. But because you have a tour guide who's leading you, they're taking you to a destination, they're taking you to a place that they have in mind, a place that they're headed. And I want you to know, godly teachers want you to mature in Christ. They want you to grow in Christ. That is the destination. 
But false teachers have a completely different destination for you. False teachers lead to destruction. False teachers lead to destruction. Look at verse 15 at the end of it. Look at what he says. And they're leading you there because they're heading there themselves. Look at what he says. Their end will be according to their works. Their end will be according to their works. And we know that their works are fraudulent, they are untrue, and they are not um, received by God. And so as we think about this, I want you to understand clearly, Satan wants nothing more than to lead you to destruction. And even uh, the, the ideas and beliefs that may be present in this room today, things that we say, well, this is no big deal, or maybe I'll, I'll follow Christ later in my life. Right now, it doesn't really matter. That's all part of the deception. To make us think that it's no big deal is part of the deception. It's part of the fraud of all of this. Those who are fooled by frauds are often led to unintentional consequences. This reminded me this week of a news clip I saw uh, even recently that was actually back from 2021 when the Tampa Police Department, they were actually fooled by a fraud. And I want to show you this clip of the, it's the news clip again. this morning. Another sign language interpreter accused of signing total gibberish. This time, it was at the police news conference announcing an arrest in the Tampa serial killings. We will be charging four counts of first-degree murder. Standing off to the side, apparently translating every word, this woman. We received over 5,000 tips in this case. But it turns out much of what she was signing was nonsense. She waved her arms around like she was singing jingle bells, says one outraged sign language expert. The woman, identified as Derlin Roberts, has a string of arrests for fraud. So how did she come to be translating at last week's high-profile police news conference? I just didn't ask enough questions. Tampa Police Public Information Officer Steve Hegarty told me the woman simply showed up out of the blue and offered her services. My immediate reaction was, I didn't call for a sign language interpreter, but that's great that we have one here. I let her in. Did this woman appear to know what she was doing? To the untrained eye, and I would include mine, um, I didn't see any problems. This latest embarrassment comes three months after it was revealed that the sign language interpreter at our Hurricane Irma news conference, also in Florida, made no sense. The time to act is now. Hegarty is summing up the latest goof. We won't be using that woman again. Cops say this was not a crime, but it was an ethical violation. Now, we watch a story like that, and our first reaction is, how in the world could that happen? And to the police above anybody else, how in the world could that lady have slipped through even the smartest detectives? And he said a couple of things there on how she was able to defraud them in this way that are I think are extremely valuable when we consider the same question, how in the world are false teachers able to slip into the church? The place where false teachers should never be. How are they able to do that? And think about a couple of the, the things he said. First thing he said was, I didn't ask enough questions. Didn't ask enough questions. He just assumed it was all fine, and he didn't question any of it. The other thing he said that I thought was interesting, to the untrained eye, I didn't see any problems. The untrained eye, I didn't see any problems. So you didn't ask enough questions, you know, didn't think about it too much, seemed fine. But the ones who knew, 
The experts in sign language, they spotted it immediately. And I think this principle is so important for us when we consider false teachers in the church. If we're being misled, if we're not asking enough questions, if we're just trusting anybody, we could be following people to destruction. So I want to ask you this morning, who are you following for wisdom and advice in your life? You might not even call them a teacher, but they are teaching you in some ways. Could be authors, pastors, speakers in your life that you're listening to, maybe on podcasts or reading their books, those different things. Maybe it's family members or friends or coworkers that you let speak into your life. Maybe there are people in your life that you would actually call a teacher or a mentor that they're guiding you in some way. Perhaps media sources are leading you in ways that you don't even think about. Stop and consider who you are following today, and I want you to think about this. Are the people you are following, are the voices that you're following, are they godly voices? Are they godly people? Is their goal for you, for you to mature in Christ, or is their goal for you something else? False teachers lead with a purpose and with a disguise into destruction. So how can you make sure that you're not deceived by false teaching? First of all, you have to have a close, real relationship with Jesus. It's not about just going to church. It's not about looking the part of a Christian. It's about actually following Jesus. And if you're in here today and maybe you've been just pushing that to the side, thinking it's no big deal, again, that's part of the deception. Today is the day that you need to commit your life to follow Christ. The Bible says clearly that apart from Jesus, we are dead in our sins and we are headed straight for hell. But the good news of Jesus is that he died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins for us. On the third day, he came back to life. And the Bible says clearly when we trust in him and follow him and have that relationship with him, we can be saved. And we can know the truth is what Jesus says. And the truth will set us free. Do you want to experience the truth today? Do you want to know the truth? Think about committing your heart to Jesus, praying to him, saying, God, I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me. I believe Jesus died on the cross and came back to life, and I want to follow him, and you can know him. For many of us in this room, we made that decision recently or maybe even years ago. Christians, as we look in 2 Corinthians were the ones buying into the false teachings. And what were they not doing? They weren't testing everything. And how are we to test stuff? Well, the Bible tells us to test it based on the Scriptures. There's a group in Acts called the Bereans. And it says in their description, it says the people here in Berea were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. And what was so noble about them? Listen, It says, since they received the word, the teaching, with eagerness, and what did they do? Examine the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Are you examining what you're hearing? Are you going to the Bible to say, is it true or is it not? This is what we have to lean on when it comes to discerning and filtering truth and lie. We have to lean on God's word. That's the only source of truth that we really have in this world. And so we have to consider that today. I want you to bow your heads where you are. 
As you reflect on your own life, the Bible's very clear in 1 Peter 5, 8. It says to be sober-minded and be alert because your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. In other words, be sober-minded. Think clearly. Why? Because the devil would want nothing more for you than for you to head to destruction. Think about your life this morning. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Do you really know Jesus? And if the answer to that question is no, what's keeping you from it? Turn your life, your heart over to Christ this morning. Christian, I want to ask you, are you close enough to Christ that you're spending time and you know his word and are following the Spirit? Would you be able to detect false teaching? If not, I want you to pray right now silently to the Lord and say, God, move me in a place that I would be more committed to you, spend more time in your word. And as you're thinking on that, I'm gonna ask you one more thing. What is one action? What's one thing that you can do this week? Think about it in your heart to move in a better direction of following the path God wants for you? What's one more thing, one more step that you can take to help protect yourself and your loved ones from false teachers? Think about that action step right now, and I want you to pray silently to the Lord and commit yourself, your heart to him. Whatever the Spirit's leading you to do this morning, whether that's to commit your heart for the first time to Christ or to recommit it, Father, as we're all gathered here today, I know with how prevalent false teaching is that there has to be someone in this room who is buying into something that isn't true. Lord, I lift them up to you today. I pray that your spirit would reveal that to them. Maybe for someone here today who has held off on committing their life to Christ, Lord, show them that the only true path, the only good path is following Jesus. Lord, to those Christians who are here who maybe are consuming all kinds of what we would think is Christian material, but they're not inspecting it, they're not judging it, they're not testing it. Lord, help them to see the importance of that. Lord, if there are any voices in our lives that we need to get rid of today, I pray that you would help us to do that, even if it's difficult. Help us to make sure we are following you and listening to those who want to help us do that. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.